A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Freddie Sayers, and this is Unheard. Back in March, everyone's world suddenly changed. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. So on day one of lockdown, we launched Lockdown TV, a place where we could gather experts, scientists, writers, politicians, thinkers, to try to help us understand what was going on in this strange moment, and what kind of world we were going to get at the end of it. And now, due to popular demand, here we are in podcast form. Welcome to Lockdown TV. Until Earlier this week, you could walk into the shop at the Royal Academy in London and buy yourself a collection of floral, like stickered, beautiful embroidered stickers that you can put on your clothes and uh, enhance them. Well, they were done by an artist called Jess DeWalls. I do not see what's happening right now as liberal at all. This is to me, it's anti-liberal. It's deeply conservative. Since a couple of days ago, they have been pulled from the shop. They are no longer available because the views of the artist in question were considered unacceptable. She joins us now. Tell us the story then. What has happened in the last week? Your your embroidered flowers are no longer available for sale. Right. So they're patches. Sorry. (laughs) Not stickers. They are no longer for sale, yes. Um, since last week, after a, a an online, basically, witch hunt ensued once more, which is has been probably about the fourth or fifth time now since I wrote a blog post in 2019 that is the, the deemed unacceptable thought crime. And I um, didn't quite know what was going on. I was just working in my studio and, um, well, actually in the garden. And and I started to notice that my Instagram followers were growing. And I thought, oh, someone might have shared a picture or something or, you know. And then I saw a good friend of mine going onto her story, having a massive rant, how people should just, you know, go and leave my friend alone and fuck off and da da and I thought, what is going on? And we didn't really speak um, because she was at work and she was like, I'm going to have to go back. But they're flogging into my inbox telling me that I'm transphobic. And I was like, why would they do that to her? They've done it to me for like two years now. But I didn't quite understand why they would do it uh, to her. And it still didn't click because I have blocked most of the, the worst offenders for the past two years. And so I didn't really, you know, it didn't really trickle through until later in the day that someone had started again you know, speaking to their followers, what a piece of trash I am and transphobic and go and complain. And all of a sudden I get from friends and um, even non-friends, just followers, screenshots sent um, of of a screenshot of my website uh, that had all my 
all the places that I supply with those embroidery flowers on it, saying Jester Wars is a transphobe um, and tagged all these places. Um, uh, please go complain. How dare they stock her? And the biggest fish on that list was the Royal Academy. Um, and the, I've, I've had my patches in the Royal Academy shop for more than a year now. And I kept it all very quiet because I'm quite familiar now with this um, behavior. And so I didn't really talk to many people about it because, you know, it's a it's a place I supply my work to. But um, I'm sort of like a side entrance artist anyway. I, you know, establishment, I don't really care that much about the fact that it's the Royal Academy. For me, it's just another place where I have like a regular kind of, you know, income to to sustain my my work. Anyway, long story short. I saw that and I thought, oh, great. So they tagged the Royal Academy, of course. And then it sort of went into this like frenzy, which it usually does. And um, people started to send me really horrible messages, which usually happens. And then, of course, you know, on cue, I get an email from the Royal Academy in the afternoon saying, you know, dear Jess, we're really sorry, um, uh, but we need to investigate this. We had eight complaints from members of the public. Eight. <laughs> um, and so, you know, about your uh, alleged transphobia, and we need to investigate this because we're LGBTQ plus um, champion, or I don't know, if champion, you know, and um, and so we can't be associated with a with a you know some with a supplier who holds transphobic views and expresses them publicly. So then I I called them back. Uh, sorry, I emailed them back and and kind of basically said, look, uh, this is quite stressful. I've seen what's been happening online. Uh, there's a deliberate campaign to cancel me, if you will. And, um, and you know, I, I think we can both agree that it would be in neither of our interests if, if we would write this out in public, because I can promise you that I could get in excess of eight people <laughs> um, to tell you, you know, to my position and, and explain to you why that isn't transphobic. This is, you know, can we, like, keep this a bit on the... Then I heard nothing um, until the next day in the afternoon, when again, I get screenshots um, of the, the the initial poster who sort of encouraged her followers um, to cancel me in the first place. The joyous news that the Royal Academy has dropped me. And I thought, oh, I didn't know that they had. And so there was a screenshot of the Royal Academy thanking those who pointed out, you know, the horrible crime, not, not like that, you know, but they basically said, oh, thank you for holding us accountable or some such crap. And then basically said, um, we will no longer stock this uh, artist for transphobic views. They didn't name me, which doesn't really matter because essentially the person who sort of got her followers to pile on, if you will, has like 17,000 followers, you know, and the, the embroidery community, they've sort of had it in for me since I've posted this blog post. In 2019, and so um, it, it was unnecessary to even name me, right? Because everybody already kind of knew what was going on. So have have you heard from the Royal Academy since? Well, I've spoken to them afterwards when they kind of realized that that was obviously a bit of a rash decision because then obviously I went online <laughs> and reposted that joyous screenshot and said, well, that's where we're at. And seeing that I have a relatively significant um, amount of followers on my social media as well, it kind of went a bit frenzied. And and I went to bed and I got up and suddenly I had lots of journalists in my inbox going, do you want to talk about this? And, you know, mm. um, and then so, I went. So, 
At, at, at the time we're speaking, yep. your, your patches are still not available in the no. Royal Academy shop. No. So let's just kind of reflect on that for one second. So the Royal Academy is an august British institution. It's been going since 1750s. It's the kind of, it's the establishment place where art is given the seal of approval. Um, they publish and, and display pictures by Eric Gill who abused his daughters. They publish and display pictures by Caravaggio, who actually murdered somebody. But apparently your patches of flowers are beyond the pale. Well, no. It's not the patches that are beyond the pale. It's the fact that I am a woman with an opinion that's not willing to go, okay, I repent. You know, I will say whatever you like, even if I don't believe it. Um, just so that I'm allowed, you know, to uh, continue my my art career. That's the point. Because I make all sorts of patches. My work is feminist, you know, centered, and I have um, ovary patches with, you know, you know, ovaries giving the middle finger and all sorts of things, which in and of itself should also not be controversial in an art institution. But um, that wasn't it. If you didn't know who I was, which until last week, not, you know, the mainstream people did not know. <laughs> um, you would go in that shop, you would see those patches, you would go, oh, that's nice, that's pretty, you know, flower patches, like dahlias and pansies, you know, the tiny little thing that says just walls. You said because you're a woman who refuses to recant, do you think there is a kind of misogyny in this at all? I mean, is it that you're the wrong kind of feminist? <laughs> And yeah, therefore... yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm a feminist because what what sort of parades itself as feminism nowadays, to me, I don't see that as... I, I find these like distinctions quite funny when people go, oh, this is a liberal feminist and that's a radical feminist. It's bullshit. That, sorry. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm, I'm sweary. Um, there's no... You can swear all you like. Great. <laughs> there, I, I don't see this incarnation of um, people who think uh, feminism is a fight for equality for everyone. Um, I mean, it's in the freaking name. <laughs> it's like, it isn't uh, for everyone, you know? It, it it centers women. And so when people make those distinctions, like, oh, she's a radical feminist. I don't do labels. I'm a, I stand up for women's rights, right? Whatever you want to call that. And beyond that, I'm Jess. You know, and and people are so obsessed with all these boxes and, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think it has a lot to do. the The amount of pile on that I got has a lot to do with the fact that I'm female. Having said that, there is other people, say like Graham Linehan, who's been like bombarded. He's been talking about this for five years, and he's been absolutely, um, you, you know, deemed toxic, and people don't touch him, and it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible place to be in, but it is usually women that are being massively pounded on with this. Let, let's just rewind a little bit. So I'm keen to get back to 2019. So before that, you are an embroidery artist. Um, you are totally uh, acceptable on, in the kind of fashionable cultural establishment. Your career is going well. Why, at that point, do you choose to write a 5,000 word long, very sensitively written, but you must have known it would be controversial, blog post outlining your views on the trans controversy. Why would you do that? Right. 
So I, well, at the time I was actually still also um, a part-time hairdresser. I, I ran a little hair salon out of Soho Theatre, which also ended after I did this. <laughs> um, the reason for that, quite frankly, being that I have, as an artist, because of the subjects that I touch, um, I, I came across more and more the kind of um, the censorship, you know, when people would say like, oh, but, you know, not only women have vaginas. And I thought, what? <laughs> because, you know, a lot of the times my embroidery is about vaginas, vulvas, what, like, you know, periods and all the sort of stuff that men love to talk about. But um, it's basically uh, it, it became weirder and weirder and a bit of a strange minefield to to navigate as an artist when you consider, oh, that's a bit transphobic. And I thought, why is that transphobic? And then also people in the theater that I worked in, they started to become and sound much more dogmatic sort of by the day almost. And it felt like I hadn't even, for me, it was always like, you know, live and let live. If someone thinks they are uh, the other sex, what's it to me? Never even thought about it because I didn't see it for the ideolo ideology that I now see it to be. Um, for me, it was just like, well, whatever, if you want to call yourself that, pff, what's it off my back? I don't, I don't mind. I don't care. Um, but then I realized that there are circumstances in life where you have to discuss the differences between the sexes, specifically for, you know, female sex specific spaces. Um, and then I realized that's a no, no. So your sort of sense was that the fact that the difference between the sexes was being denigrated and you weren't allowed to focus on it in some way went against what you were wanting to focus on, which was womanness. Is that? Well, not even just womanness, but the thing is that this whole ideology removes us from our language. I mean, I have seen women referred through this ideology uh, many times as non-men, my favorite, and, you know, bleeders, birthers, menstruators, chest feeders, you know, the, the thing that J.K. Rowland wrote about last year. And the the situation is just that if we don't have words to describe the problems that we have, which feminism deals with, how are we going to how are we going to address them? You know, when there were the protests in Poland and they went on the streets and there were posters, you know, uh, that people need abortions. No, not people, women. And if you want to be inclusive, then you could say women and trans men and non-binary people, that would be inclusive. You don't erase women. And we only see this on one side. We don't see that done for men ever. Because if we did, if it was about inclusivity, then we would also say with trans women, we would say um, prostate havers and penis havers. But we don't do that because that's transphobic. So it's a complete nonsense. nonsense uh, it's a double standard. Don't buy it. Of course it is. You know, and so... The reason for me to speak up, because I knew it was going to be quite horrid, because the more I sort of like looked into what is actually going on, I hadn't even heard of the word turf. Now that's like my nickname. <laughs> you know, it's so ridiculous. And um, I came across it and I saw what was happening to women who sort of stuck their head about the parapet. And um, and then I thought, I can't I can't sit here and let them take the, the brunt of this shit when I believe 100 percent what they believe. And and also this is. This is authoritarian and coming from East Berlin, that's, I don't want to live in a space like that where I can't say something. I should be able to say something and you should be able to say, well, that's a lot of bollocks, you know, and then hmm. we can talk about it. So you or... say coming from East Berlin, do you right. actually feel that the atmosphere around some of these hot topics almost feels reminiscent of the GDR no, then? Almost 100%. 
I mean, the reason why this thing came out about the Royal Academy was because somebody signed up to my Patreon. <laughs> so somebody is paying a monthly fee because that was the only place where I said last Monday, uh, not thinking about it because I was a bit hungover. And I just kind of like, eh. normally I'm a bit more careful about saying these things who I supply just because I am worried that people would jump on it. And I had also forgotten that I did post that on, like had them as a supplier on my website, but they've been there for a year. So clearly nobody had looked and the timing is just a little bit too curious that on Tuesday, all this crazy went off. After on Monday, I post on my Patreon, you know, I did this and this and this today. And I just sent off my my delivery to the Royal Academy, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then it went boom. So, so, you, so you think someone is, someone is paying to join your oh, really? Patreon in order to wait for an opportunity really? How to is attack that not you? I mean, that, that, is, <laughs> that is, yeah. Mm. I mean, because the lowest tier that I have is one pound. So it's not a main, it's, it's not expensive, but still. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know? Hmm. Yeah. Let me, let me just read uh, one quote from your 2019 blog. This is the, sure. the bit that I think the Royal Academy quoted and is the kind of key Sentiment. So you say, I have no issue with someone who feels more comfortable expressing themselves as if they are the other sex. Yeah. However, I cannot accept people's unsubstantiated assertions that they are, in fact, the opposite sex to which they were born and deserve to be extended the same rights as if they were born as such. So I suppose some people will, will listen to that and think, why can't you just, what, what, what is so bad about the idea that people can change sex? Do, do you do you because they fundamentally can't. oppose it? 
No, what do you mean oppose it? I mean, it's not possible. You can't change. You can change your, your external sex characteristics and you can take hormones to appear as though you are the other sex. You can't change your chromosomes, You the sex you're born with. And yes, of course, there's DSD intersex um, uh, people, tiny, tiny minority. In fact, they often actually lobby for the opposite, for the demedicalization, where the whole trans lobby is lobbying for ever earlier medicalization. So those are not the same things, and that's not a third sex, you know. So mm. it, I guess so. I, I, I guess the question is more like, it's mm. a small group of people mm. who are transitioning. Mm. Um, who does it really hurt? You're not trans yourself. It doesn't affect you in any way. It does. Why would it? Okay. It affects me because I'm a woman, because single sex spaces for women are therefore singles. Like we're not oppressed on behalf. And I'm not saying that as an, oh, I'm oppressed. And I'm, you know, I'm saying that because there are certain things in society that uh, affect only people that are female, right? Not people that feel like they're female, whatever that even means. I can I can understand how someone feels like not in tune with their body and wants to appear as though, you know, who who wants to adhere to the to, to the stereotype of what a woman is supposed to be, i.e., gender, which to me is a patriarchal tool, like opposed on women on women. Um, to restrict them. So I am rather a gender abolitionist, if you will. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that because a woman is a woman, a woman needs to like pink or dresses or Barbies or all that kind of stuff. That to me is gender. It's a society, you know, it's a so social construct to me. Sex is what you're born with. It's just simply your reproductive organs and that's it. And be, because people go, oh, why do you care what someone's got in their pants? And say, like, because I, <laughs> I don't care about what they have in their pants. There, there are certain instances where we cannot look past it, like prisons, like sport, Laurel Hubbard. What is that? Robbing that currently being... This is the weightlifter. The weightlifter, the, uh, the New Zealand trans weightlifter. woman who is now on the New Zealand Olympic team. Yeah, basically robbing a woman who's been training her whole life for off this place. So this can't stand. And the way that I look at those things is... The, the way forward there is to acknowledge reality, i.e. that humans can't change sex. And I, I don't have beef with trans people. The, what we, where we need to go is we need to move away again from this trans women are literally actually the same as women. We need to make more space in society. When we say we have shortlists for women only, there's no point in saying, well, this is a trans woman, so she should apply there as well. Why can't we have a list, a shortlist for women, a shortlist for trans people. Why is that? Why? Why can't we make more space? Why can't? Why does it? There, there's this denial of scientific facts. I'm sorry. I, I am so done with this. But what if it makes them upset? Well, it makes me upset that people think that it's that to be a woman is an idea that someone can identify into. So what's interesting is that your background really couldn't be further from this sort of ultra conservative. Um, stereotype of someone who has an issue with trans people. I mean, um, you've shared photographs of your father who would dressed as a woman sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, dressed you know. in stereotypical women's clothes. Like Eddie Izzard used to say, those are not women's clothes, that are just my clothes. That's... Right, but he wore lipstick and skirts and, and yeah. stuff. Stereotypical female things, yes. Um, and you uh, yourself, you, you know, you talk about having gone to bondage clubs and stuff. It's not like 
that's why it's it's it will be interesting and surprising to people that you've sort of chosen this issue what's a lot of people who had a very liberal upbringing and who especially work in the art world will just choose to go along with this because that's what their group is doing but you've you've broken with them because uh, this was what i meant earlier i i do not see what's happening right now as liberal at all this is to me it's anti-liberal it's deeply conservative not in the in the way that we understand conservatism to be but it is deeply conservative. It's completely regressive to say that someone who likes feminine things therefore has, you know, th this whole, all these new boxes, it's conservative. What, I mean, we've, I thought we were past that. We had David Bowie, you know, being flamboyant, gender bender, not worrying about it. No, everything has to have a label now. And if you don't adhere to the label and the pronouns, the pronouns, I don't even, but no, I don't. I don't think it's liberal at all. I think it's completely the opposite. And I don't know how we want sleepwalked into it because I sleepwalked all along. I mean, until I kind of stopped and went, this is strange and it's not good and it's not healthy, especially not in the arts. It's really not. So how have your friends and colleagues uh, reacted from the art world and that those kind of things? Are, are they quietly supportive or are they worried about it? What's the reaction been like? Right, there's a broad so my friends, I've got I've got a really close-knit personal, you know, circle. They know me. Uh they would have conversations with me. Nobody agrees on everything, but that's fine. We love each other anyway. So they are all a hundred percent supportive. And I sort of fed back with them through the process of writing this all along. Um so well, obviously varied, you know, there's there's people from my previous life, if you will, <laughs> who completely disavow me and now sort of put me on the level with Hitler. And I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, literally what I'm saying is apparently killing uh, people and whatnot, which to me, that's the hyperbole uh, where um, I cannot believe that people say that out loud and even believe what they're saying. Um, yeah, so some, but I wouldn't call them friends. They're more acquaintances. Yeah, we would work together, but it's you know. But then it's I mean, the, it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> yeah, know? and then and then it's it's more the strangers then who are sending these actually hateful messages to you. It's the strangers, and then of course because what I do as an art form is very niche, you know, um, the embroidery world, and so there was a massive riff. So when I came out with this, apparently I caused a, a transphobic rapture. <laughs> Uh, in the embroidery world and I thought well deal with it I don't see myself as part of any like embroidery community or anything like that but they were like hell bound to just get me um, cancelled from the society of embroidered work or I mean there, there's literally people saying oh she shouldn't be an embroiderer what who knew that embroidery could become such the center of a controversy that you've uh... The culture yeah. war really knows no bounds, does it? It, it finds. But it happened in there was like Nittergate and apparently on crochet. And the funny thing was that on Tuesday, before all this kicked off, I even still commented on someone saying something about this, about the crochet gate, where they, there was something similar. Apparently, I I don't know. And I just wrote underneath, so oh yeah, it's the same in the embroidery world. Little did I know what was already mounting <laughs> against me. I had no idea. So Jess. What's next for you then, do you think? I mean, are you now going to be a sort of renegade um, artist who has to find kind of pop-up 
venues to exhibit your work, and it's going to be frowned on by the establishment. Or do you think do you think you'll be welcomed back in? I was never in. I don't want to be in. I don't care. Like that's the thing. I mean, I'm a trained hairdresser. I do art because I'm good at it and I like it. And I have no desire. Like like I said, I was just supplying. It happened to be the Royal Academy. I also supply liberties. This is my little side hassle so I can fund my artistry. What these little dipshits didn't quite realize is that I have now come from (laughs) suffering that, not in silence, obviously, but on a much smaller level. And there were always women and men that sort of defended me, but it obviously didn't have national coverage. So what has changed now is that last week, this time, I was sitting in the garden stitching my commission because I have a lot of private patrons that pay me because they agree with what I say publicly and that they're in a precarious situation. They can't say it or whatever. I'm fine. So this wasn't even a major contract. That was 400 pounds. It's nothing. It was really just the fact that a major art institution would treat me like that. That's absolutely unprecedented, you know. Um, I don't worry about being part of the establishment. I don't want to be, you know. Anyway, last week, this time, I was a sole trader, essentially, who would, you know, make up some money with with hairdressing on the side. Thanks to this, I'm going to have to employ probably about three people. And that's not an exact... I've sold everything. My stock, I have to restock. It's completely gone insane. I have people that give me or off, like want me to wholesale to them. I have galleries that want to represent me. No, and I'm very glad that that's happening because not, you know, people accuse me of milking it. And yeah, you bet I'm milking it. <laughs> like I've been going through this shit for two years, not being able to to collaborate with anyone because every time I have to worry that these people will jump on the people I collaborate with making their life hell i don't want that to happen to anyone so you're liberated in some sense well that was why i wrote the blog in the first place to be able to continue to make art that 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 concerns what i'm concerned about what is art if i can't do that okay jester biles thank you so much uh your your um floral uh i was about to say stickers but they are of course patches um, are still there are some of them i believe available on your website jester biles so uh people should go and check that out Thank you for joining us um, and good luck with the next phase. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. That was Jess DeWals, an embroidery artist who is no longer available in the Royal Academy shop, uh, but as she was telling us, seems to be selling out nonetheless. Uh, seems to be almost enjoying her moment of liberation there, talking about why, why she found it important to speak her mind on what counts as a woman and what counts as a trans woman, and that ongoing controversy that seems to reach every corner of our culture at the moment. Thanks for joining. Thanks also to Jess. This was Lockdown TV. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.